Ready? Right. Starting in five, four, three. What's up, everybody? This is the Red Band Podcast, your source for all film and TV related news and topics. I am your host, Anthony King, and sitting here to my left is my co-host, Adrian. And of course, at our control table over there, we have our technical director, Michael Cards. Yeah. <laughs> How's everyone doing tonight? Pretty good. You doing pretty, good? Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty solid. Oh, yeah. So tonight, I'm really excited about our discussion. The topic I really wanted to go over, I actually wanted to go over this for our first episode, but I wanted to, you know, get the whole stream wars out of the way. But this is something that has been going on even longer than the stream wars that we talked about last episode. Remakes and reboots. Dude, the one thing we argue about the most. We do argue about this a lot. I mean, how... How many years have we been in this like endless cycle of just constant remakes and reboots now? Since the beginning? Yes. Oh, would you say it's the beginning of film? I would say the beginning of film, but... Pretty damn close. Yeah, I would say like the 40s, but mm-hmm. for like, the most people are recently, you know, the no recent, I will say like the 2000s. Yeah, early 2000s. Early 2000s is when it started hitting pretty hard. I want to say it probably maybe started maybe after... I want to say it started maybe the 30s. When, okay. When sound started coming in. When did, when did sound yeah. start coming in? 30s. Yeah, that was 30s. 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 Yeah. 1930s, Once sound 40s. started coming in, then the remakes started coming in. Yeah. Then it was like, oh, now we can we can do the same story, but now we can actually have uh, talent, voice talent. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's just, it feels like right now, almost every other film that comes out is going to either be a remake or reboot of just something that came out 20, 30 years prior. Yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, we're even at an age where it's like five years ago. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Saw. We yeah. talked about this. They're already starting to reboot the Saw franchise. Yeah, Saw. I mean, we do. We just recently saw with Spider Man. I know. We saw three Spider Man so far. <laughs> as adults. I know. I know. Actually, first as a kid. But well, then, as a kid, but like in the last two, we're adults. Yeah. Yeah. What was the time frame between Amazing Spider Man two and Homecoming? I'm uh, gonna take a swing. I'm gonna say three years. All right. Amazing Spider Man two came out in 2014. And then we got Spider-Man Homecoming that came out in 2017. So five years. Yeah, you're oh, just, wow. yeah, five years. There you go. Real short. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is hard to even separate the two. Is there a difference between reboots and remakes? Because everything we talk about, it's always like, hey, reboot, remake. And I hear everyone talk about nowadays, reboot, and remake, like they're synonymous, but they're actually different from each yeah, other, aren't they? No, they're completely different. Yeah. Uh, like, what would you define as a reboot? A reboot is having the same character setting, but retelling a new story. Okay. So, for example, uh, would you say Sherlock Holmes would be one? Yes. Sherlock yeah. Holmes, the Batman, or actually most superhero movies oh, yeah. are like that. Batman, Spider-Man. Yeah, those are constant reboots of yes. just retelling the char- same character story over and over and over again. Yes. Okay. And uh, what would it be I mean, uh, yeah, and, a remake? And a remake. What would you, yeah, what would you define as a remake? It's retelling the same Pretty much same story, same same story, same uh, characters, just new actors or in a new era. That's all it is. Okay. So, for example, Magnificent Seven. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a remake, and that's where even the original Magnificent Seven is. It's not really a reboot, but it's like a reimagining of um, Seven Samurai. Yes. Yeah. Even when we talk about older films that are way, way before our time, those are still technically reboots and remakes. I mean, yeah. Universal Monsters, I could say, is one of the franchises that constantly gets remade and rebooted yes mm-hmm. i mean wolfman mummy king kong king king 
Oh, that's not just Universal Monsters. No, no, no that's no, no, no. that's oh, it has its own little. Oh, that's no. more kaiju yeah, monster verse right yeah. now. Dracula, yeah, Dracula, Invisible Man. Yeah, uh, not much of the, the. I mean, the new Invisible Man. Well, you can count that as you can count that as a reboot, right? Because mm, it gets real tricky. It gets real tricky because it's one character and that's it. So I mean, no, it, reboot. I mean, it takes the key concept of you know a Invisible Man stalking you know your main protagonist it's, it's more of a reboot it's a reboot not a remake because mm-hmm. the remake was a completely different story mm-hmm. uh so it's a yeah reboot yeah well okay. i think we both all all three of us can agree do you guys think there's too many reboots and remakes right now well i mean yeah it's... the article that i found from mm-hmm. 2018 said within two years mm-hmm. uh there was already 121 reboot and remake projects in the work Damn. television and movies wow yeah there's still a lot of upcoming reboots or remakes that are going to come out today i mean mortal kombat that's going to come out in next month that is basically mm-hmm. a reboot of you know not only a well it's an adaptation of a video yeah. game franchise Sorry, but it's it a is a reboot from the 95 film yes mm-hmm. so even now we're still continuing this trend of reboots remake godzilla versus king kong that's basically a reboot of king kong versus godzilla yes but then we also got the remakes dune Yes, Dune. I'm, I mean, I'm excited for Dune. I'm de- like, even how much I can bitch about reboots and remakes, there's still some films in there that I do really want to watch. Yeah, I mean, only problem with me is I have not seen Dune, so I yeah, <laughs> I, like, I don't know. I, I've never it's, seen it. It looks good. I'm not gonna lie. It looks like it's good. I'll definitely say watch the original one so you can really like. I have a lot of face and you know Dennis Villeneuve, so mm. yeah, he hardly ever does something that I really don't like. So I already have full faith this movie's gonna do good. I should not be doing that, but you know, I'm gonna do it. So for those that don't know about Dave Villanueva, what uh, type of projects would you say that we've seen him do? A lot of his stuff is remanaging or reboots, but he does have, I mean, he has worked with um, original content, Sicario, mm. but um, the last one he did was, it was Blade Runner, right? Yeah, Blade Runner Yeah, Blade Runner, which, I mean, that's, we talked about that in our promo, that was just picking up sequels, you know, years later. He, but in a sense, that it's almost like, no, I, no, that's a sequel. That's a sequel. I can't it's even say that's like a soft reboot because it is an it absolute is. true epitome of what a sequel yes. should be. But he does, I mean, he has worked on original content too, Arrival. That was, yeah. I mean, that was, I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure Arrival. Yeah, Arrival is, yeah, it yeah. is original. It's based, the concept is based off the Dark Forest, but it's an original story. But there are plenty, plenty of like original content out there, but nowhere near as much as how much we're getting from all these reboots these fucking reboots and remakes i mean i went through an entire list of movies trying to find out you know the goods and the bads yeah Yeah, goods and bads and there was a lot more bads than goods Mm -hmm. (laughs) i say i say this a lot horror horror is like the bastard child who is committing all these sins of reboots and remakes because i'm I'm looking at a list like a small list i made some of these go from from decent to bad then back to good is most of them horror uh most of them yes yeah, a fair yeah. Amount. <laughs> yeah yeah fair amount yeah yes what was uh one of the ones that on your list yeah let's get a few yeah um like the mummy the mummy yeah which, universal Monster. Yeah. mummy which then we got the brendan fraser mummy which i liked i like i like i really do like brendan fraser's mummy i know I, it, it no people some flack it gets flack for like how it's 2000 campy in a sense it's a good blockbuster movie it is it is it's it an is action movie, not a horror but it really a, is it did well yeah then we got a 2017 mummy uh, with Tom uh, Cruise, right? Yes. Yeah, that was no. They were no. like, ah, oh, never mind. I, I really mean, don't want to do with that one. I mean, when you when you're about to reboot or try to reboot the Mummy, first you got to choose somebody else other than Tom Cruise, for for instance. 
It, Tom Cruise, do you think Tom Cruise was the problem with the movie? I mean, kind of. <laughs> I'm not really a Tom Cruise fan. I could care less about Tom Cruise. They, in that movie, they tr- you could tell they tried to do horror, but it came off as just boring. Yeah. Uh, it, it wasn't... His, his character was boring. That's what it was. Like, I just, I don't understand the direction they were trying to go with that character. I, I see they're trying to make him into, like, you know, a good, friendly-ish type of mummy. Yes. But this is Universal Monsters. I want to feel fear. Like, and they I called it the dark. The first one. Yeah, and they call it the dark universe. Like, yeah. it's going to be something so dark and edgy. And But it wasn't. No. no. They, I think they were trying to originally go for something new, make it dark and edgy, but then they thought about how profitable the original Mummy series with Brendan Fraser was. I mean, and I think they back, I mean, say what you will about Mummy or Mummy Returns. It's still entertaining. Yeah, yeah. it's still fun. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about the Brendan Fraser one with a budget of $80 million. They're pocketing it over two hundred and forty-nine million. Yeah, that's that's, that's making that's money. That's making money. That's success. Like I said, because he has that charisma that just carries a story. Because he's got that good-looking face. He does that chiseled chin. And that, you got that hair Tom split Cruise. down the middle. <laughs> then you got Tom Cruise just boring. five foot nine. It's also, I mean, I think it's also Universal's just trying to bake off nostalgia too. Because that is the biggest yeah. thing that we are not discussing is this whole era that we've been living in with the reboots and remakes. This is nostalgia factor. Yeah. Yeah. Nostalgia right now is selling or yeah, everybody has a demand for nostalgia. So a lot of studios are trying to dip their hands a little bit into that market of like, oh yeah, we can, uh, we can revitalize an, an edgy movie that you liked. Here's the mummy, but we're going to put Tom Cruise in it and yeah. Russell Crowe that's in it. I don't know what he does, but yeah, he's in it too. Yeah. Now, would you say nostalgia is contributing to one of the biggest factors of why we're in this rut of reboots and remakes? Absolutely. Absolutely. When it comes to your make. Like so I'm looking through, like the list I'm looking at. Yeah. Godzilla, uh, the which is the Mummy, um, other Spider Man. You know all these movies. It's just straight up. Yeah. Nostalgia. I mean, it's something that you're from your own childhood. You want to watch as an adult. Yeah. I do hear this from like other filmmakers and film reviewers is when they talk about constant movies are just being revitalized and rebooted. They usually use the excuses of it's lack of creativity, but I don't think it's really lack of creativity that's the biggest issue. I just think it's profitable. Yes. I think it's a mixture of both. You think it's a mixture of both? I think it's a mixture where it's the point to where they want, I think a weird line between they want to create something original, but at the same time, they're afraid to kind of branch out. It's like, it's it's a risk. It's like yeah. playing Russian roulette. So it's like this idea of an original content might be awesome to the writer, mm-hmm. but then studio heads you got you know men in suits they're gonna be like you know what but how can we make money off this yes yeah. you have one that's like okay creatively creatively this is gonna be awesome mm. market wise it might be hard to sell yeah kind of thing I think that's also- how i felt like with uh sorry but that's how i felt like with um blade runner 2049 because that was a beautiful that film was amazing yeah but the problem is that i think they thought that the nostalgia factor was gonna work on it and they completely forgot about all the marketing material that they needed yes. for everything. So that mm-hmm. was a beautiful, well-received, well-criticized film, but you know, it's a financial flop. Yes. And I think that's what Take a lot of studios have to take in consideration. Also, I think, it go- okay, now I said the creativity, I think it comes more line of the person who takes control of the project mm-hmm. wants to be the one that changed it. The one that made their mark that, you know, that, I made yeah. them even better than the last person. Yeah. You know, it, I think it's not like a creativity, but it's just that they want to put their stamp on it. Yeah. They want to say like, hey, I took your story and I made it better. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I can see it from you know, that. Like, yeah. Especially with Marvel. There's, mm-hmm. That's what's going on with, you know. That's, I can say, that's one thing I do like about Marvel is even though we're rehashing old, you know, comic book stories, 
at least every filmmaker and every writer is trying to redefine it and change it into their own style. Yes, I mean, the big example, I mean, I, at this point, I'm already tired of bringing his name up, but Snyder. Uh. <laughs> Good old Zack Snyder. But that's what, that was his full intention with uh, mm -hmm. Justice League. Mm -hmm. He wanted to put his mark on this, this is my film, mm -hmm. and he wanted to make sure that you're, that you're watching his film. Yeah. I really do believe that this is more profit-based, but there is some little bit of like lack in creativity that even if no matter how hard you try is trying to repurpose or reboot a story, there is still less creativity being involved in creating your own original content. And I do, I mean, you remember like back in like early 2007, 2008, the whole writer strike? Yes. Yeah. And you know, the few years, like we even had like two, three years that followed after, there was almost like every filmmaker was like, you know, these fucking writer strikes, they ruined the film industry. Now we can't get any great stories out there because they're refusing to work. And even now, there's still some people who blame that writer strike a few years ago as, you know, why we're still in this rut of just constant reboots and remakes. No, I think it's, no, if you go back to the 2000s, mm -hmm. no, the, the, the blame is early 2000s when the studios had full control over films. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there's a whole list of horror movies that were remakes, comedies that were remakes, mm -hmm. uh, reboots, just one after another. Mm -hmm. And that's just a way for the studio just to pump out you know movies yeah it's just content it's just it's a money machine to them yes. right yeah. yeah because their main purpose is to make money yeah so they can fund other projects mm -hmm. i mean in the early 2000s how many vincent price movies were there yeah there's oh. quite a few yeah i mean for those that don't know normally myself which unless like 20 minutes ago who didn't know <laughs> who is vincent price yeah he is a horror icon who invented essentially most uh horror well he starred and he helped write a lot of these stories right yes like i mean house of, of wax um house on haunted hill uh there's so many there's so ghosts. many yeah 13 ghosts i mean like if you think about like the classic like 1960s to 70 horror films a lot of those a lot of ghost stories a lot That's of ghosts okay. yeah, yeah mostly ghost stories yeah. you'll find vincent price in them how about a movie where obviously everyone knows about house on haunted hill 13 yeah. ghosts yeah or at least those that are a little bit more into the uh the horror aspect, yeah. the spooky aspect. How about a movie where, where if you say is the name of the movie title, everyone's gonna be like, "Oh shit, yeah, I know that one." Like, what's one film title where everyone recognizes that is Vincent Price? That makes um, any sense. Um, that's like those. That, that's that was, I mean, he is. I mean, if people don't know House on the Haunted Hill, I don't know what to tell you, people. Yeah. <laughs> His name, is, I mean, it's sort of like Alfred Hitchcock, I guess. It's mm -hmm. like either you know it or you don't. It's yeah. one of those two. Yeah. But that was during a time, like you said, it was a money machine. They were yeah. just marking all these things out. Can you can you honestly draw a comparison to how Marvel is doing it with the superhero films? Like they're just they're pushing out all these superhero films on like such a fast, timely rate. You can see a lot of other studios are trying to catch up to them now and just start pushing out their own superhero content or like, you know. Well, mm -hmm. that's the problem with Marvel's okay. Marvel's not punched, you know, they're punching out shows, mm -hmm. movies. Uh I mean at one point I'm I'm not be surprised if they they pumped out some YouTube mm -hmm. show. I would not be surprised. But uh, at this point, I, I mean, early. Let's talk about early. Uh, what's it called? Um, Iron Man. When it started, it was, when it started Iron Man, right? Yeah, all the early films, yeah. Start off slow. It was mm -hmm. just one, two film per year. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden, we're jumped up to like nine films, nine mm -hmm. projects per year. They're just pumping them as hard as they can. Yeah. And unfortunately, the faster you go, the, you know. Do you see that as like other studios seeing how much money Marvel's making? They're like, hey, you know, we no. have this original script, but... You know, maybe we should hold that off and just work on this, you know, franchise, this yes. superhero franchise, because, you know, it's where the money's at. It's, I think it's more like franchises where it's yeah. where the money's at, because it's where, how 
you continue to making the money after the movie's done. Mm-hmm. That's the big that's the big money maker right now. Yeah. Like I said, Marvel's doing that with obviously with toys, clothes, mm-hmm. whatever it is. And every studio wants to catch up to that. Yeah. Everybody wants those merchandising mm-hmm. deals. Do you guys see this whole trend of reboots and remakes and even superhero films still lasting? Or is there gonna be a time in the future where original content is going to come back to mainstream where big studios like Warner Brothers, Universal, Disney, they want to go back to creating original content. No, I don't. No? Nope. I, let's see. I think people are already tired of the reboots and remakes. No, no, they're getting tired of it. But as for studios to swap out going towards a whole original content? Yeah. No, they won't. That's mainly can be used for more indie studios. And they say, you yeah. think that's going to still remain as indie? Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, A21, uh, Blumhouse, those mm-hmm. play, those studios. Yeah. They're going to still want to do uh, you know, original stories. But that's, as for, I mean, that's the purpose that the studios have these mm-hmm. smaller, you know, these smaller houses to be yeah. able to pump out these original contents. And yeah. I say it's all about, and for these small studios, you know, it's mainly, not I'm not saying mainly, but, you know, it's the, the fact that you can't get licensing or, oh, you know, you're doing, you know, pay extra just to create a new story mm-hmm. versus a studio, you know, Universal, Disney, whatever, you know, where it may be, able to throw, you know, a couple million out of project mm-hmm. and, you know, and get something, you know, you know, uh, what's it called? Spider-Man, you know, for instance, for like the originally, you know, Marvel is able to pay Sony a certain amount to help them out. Okay. Yeah. It's just, it's cheaper. It's cheaper for the smaller studios to work with their original content. Yeah. yeah. So, it's yeah. easier. I mean, big studios are going to continue to focus mainly on the big projects, the mm-hmm. blockbusters to bring in the money. Maybe occasionally they'll throw out a bone and be like, oh, hey, this is original that we picked up from one of the studios. But I don't think it would be uh, an everyday or sorry, not an everyday, but an every yearly thing to be like, you know, we're just going to mainly focus on the original content. I mean, the big one is uh, the one thing right now is Blumhouse. Yeah. Most mm-hmm. of the contents, not all of it, but most of it is original. Mm-hmm. And it's low budget, and they get high profit. But out of I mean, it. they're even slowly moving away from that now. Just I slowly. mean, I, I honestly see Blumhouse picking up the concept for um, Universal Mar- Monsters, Dark Universe. I yeah, see I, them picking I it up. I would not be when I saw the Invisible Man. I was like, yes, yeah. yes, this is the direction you should go with yes. this franchise. And I would really want for Blumhouse to pick that up too. Oh, no, no, I, would, I, I think would they like already did. No, 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 I don't think they. I know. I think they just got like different stories and pieces. I don't know if they got like Wolfman or like Dracula or anything like that, but I know they probably got like certain property rights, but I don't think they got all of Universal Monsters yet. Because I heard there was some talk about them having more chances at Universal Monsters. Oh, definitely. I mean, if they're given the chance to, I'll say jump on board with that. I mean, I'll bitch and moan all day about reboots and remakes, but I'll definitely jump on that shit. Like, I don't even like horror movies, but Mm -hmm. The Invisible Man was great. Mm -hmm. That was fantastic. We talk about original content like you know, the average user base knows what that means, but can we even say anything's really original anymore? Now that's where it gets a little tricky. Original. Yeah. Do you yeah. mean it can't be inspired or it can't be from a book or... Like just straight from the mind. Yeah. Well, that that draws a line between inspiration and recreation. Mm-hmm. I'm a true believer is you can still make original content by being inspired off something that already happened or just inspired off a previous story. You know, like I said, a big inspiration, like, uh, you know, something like Aesop's Fables. Yeah, yeah. You know, you got the tortoise and the hare. You mm-hmm. got uh, the scorpion and the frog. You know, if it's, those are short stories, mm-hmm. but would it be considered a full original if you're taking, you know, a concept from that and applying it to a film? No, no. I say it still counts original as long as you have your own basic story structure 
and the own character progression. Like if you write your own character progression of how you're, you know, the entire adventure of your character, you know, he meets the princess and the slays the dragon and all that bullshit. But as long as you keep it to your own specific writing structure and your own storytelling, then it's still original. But if you're literally beat by beat copying the story of like Cinderella or like Snow White, like exactly beat by beat by the original fairy tales. Yeah. Well, still, even then, uh, even then, that still muddles because like, is that still because even old fairy tales, there was no actual book being made for most of them. Yes. These were all word to mouth. There was no actual physical copy or physical film that you can see these stories play out. So that even muddles with fairy tales. I honestly will say a reboot or remake is something based off a previous made film. Okay. And I'll say anything that's not that is original. Anything that's based off a book, video game, adaptation, not original. So it has to be literally a story you sat down on your own. You're like, I'm going to create the story on my own without having any story structure or any plot line from any other movie. So what you're asking is, can it be done? Yes, I think it can be done. Yes, yeah. absolutely. It absolutely can be done. It's hard though. It is hard. It's, it's difficult. Oh, actually, no, here it goes. It gets harder every day. Okay, here it goes. Yes, it can be done. Mm -hmm. It's easy to get it done. Uh, now... Will it be good? That's a whole different story. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't say, yeah, I won't say it's harder or impossible. It's, it is easy to create original content, yes. but will the story be good? That's all that, you know, you know, original content. A dog, you know, stops traffic by, mm -hmm. you know, wagging his tail, whatever it is, but mm -hmm. not a good story. Is there, can you give any examples of like bad original content? Like mm -hmm. any bad original story? The Room. The Room? The room yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Tommy Wiseau? Yeah. yeah, that's original. Yeah, that, that is original. That's what you can get. And then it, and it sucks. Oh shit, man! I I block. I always block out that movie because it's so bad. Like dude, I I can't I recognize it as a movie. Dude, no. I blocked. Okay, because I watched a few a uh, clip of it a few days ago with my sister. Mm -hmm. I completely forgot that movie altogether, <laughs> and I said, "Like, why did I see this before? Why? <laughs> why did I go to intentionally watch this movie? It's like what what am I doing to myself right now? Do you? Is there any filmmakers right now that you guys love or you know that is mostly working with original content? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Name a few. Like Mike, do what's any directors or filmmakers that you love that primarily focuses with working on original scripts? Right now, I'm on uh, I'm on Christopher uh, Christopher Nolan. Okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's an obvious one. That's I love yeah. his stuff. Yeah, Memento, Insomnia, uh, uh, Following. Uh, he pretty much has what was? Oh my God, what's a <laughs> Interstellar? <laughs> yeah, Interstellar, Inception, um, Tenet. Yeah, Tenet's another one. Dunkirk was another one. That really. That was more of a <laughs> yeah historical. Is telling a recreation? No, not a recreation. I don't know how I feel about like recreating like history. I don't know how I feel about it because in a sense you still are creating an original story. Mm -hmm. Like okay, let's take the example of Pompeii. I like okay. using Pompeii. That is an actual real event. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But they did create original story for that bullshit romance in the film. For yes. those that don't know, there was a movie called Pompeii. Yeah, with good old, uh, what's his name from Game of Thrones? I don't even know. Yeah. Kit Harrington. Kit Harrington. There Kit you Harrington. go. Holy and shit. John he was Snow. in that one? Yeah, Jon Snow. Yeah. He's the main character. Yeah. Really? Emily, yeah. Emily Browning as well. It was Emily Browning? Yes. Okay, so it was those wow. two. Yeah. Kit Harrington, Emily Browning. They got the main concept from that one, those two, yeah, like you said, those the two, two skeletons, the they two found skeletons the, holding each other, each other, yes. embracing each other, you know, for can the you, last minutes before they die. Can you pull that up real quick? Okay. The pull skeleton up, or the real story or the movie? The, the skeleton. Okay, okay. Yeah. 
So they take the skeletons, they take that concept of two skeletons, and they made an entire original story about, you know, yeah. some dude trying to save his girl before, you know, Pompeii fucking explodes. You put yeah. Spider-Man Pompeii. Oh, shit. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> now, what if they made one about, apparently, the... <laughs> I feel embarrassed to even say it. But first, let's pull up the skeleton. Uh, which I'm trying to and find put, that. Uh, Is skeleton it... Embrace. Put that. Embrace? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, embracing. Okay, that's first thing. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, here see? it is. Oh, was it this one? That one. That yeah, one. yeah, it's this one. Yeah. This one right here. So they found these bones, they looked at the image, and were like, you know, we're going to make a love story in a natural disaster film. Shitty, shitty concept, but you can't lie that there's still some originality to it, even though the actual true story of Pompeii happened. Yeah. But I still, that's like, uh, it's really hard with specific time periods. If you can Titanic? Even, yeah, Titanic. Yeah, same thing, Titanic. So I think if you can take the event of what happened, but don't tie to any like actual known facts, facts, like if you're hitting the beats of the facts and you create your own characters, your own bullshit, sh- you know, your own bullshit story in there. What about, oh, here's one I, I'm not sure about because I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah. Pearl Harbor. That, okay, that one is entire. that was inspirational, but that was definitely not a re, the only reenactment was the fucking Pearl Harbor being bombed. That was yeah, it. Yeah, so, Everything yeah. else was bullshit. Yeah. I had a history professor <laughs> who hated that movie because he was like, yeah, I want to say maybe like 10% is accurate. Mm. The part where Pearl Harbor gets bombed, the rest of it is all mindless bullshit. The Pearl Harbor, <laughs> I know I know the, the bombing and Cuba, uh, Cuba Goody Jr. Yeah, that was one true. scene. That I think that was, was true. true. Yeah, yeah, that was true, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. that was true. However, he was not awarded the Medal of Honor, even though... He was seen, even multiple people seen what he did mm-hmm. and witnesses, but because time of what it was, he yeah. was black. So, of course, he's not going to receive the Medal of Honor. He's going to receive a much lower one. But still, yeah, that one did happen. So, I would say that whole part <laughs> of Pearl Harbor yeah. was accurate. The okay. rest of it, bullshit. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. No, you guys convinced it. Yeah. You could definitely take historic events and then make original stories. Yeah. Adrian, do you have any directors that are still working with, you know, original content that you like? Um, mostly original content. Uh, Darren Bowsman. Darren Lane Bowsman. Uh, can you explain that? I don't think that's most people don't know that. Okay, he did. One. Well, for not for original content, but he he directed Saw 2 and 3. Mm-hmm. But he did a lot of the original ones like uh, Repo the Genetic Opera, The Devil's Carnival, those, uh, Mother's Day. Horror cult, like those horror cult classics. Horror cult classics. Yeah, those uh, musicals, yeah. Uh, no, he only did three musicals, but the rest of them are actually like horror films, okay. horror classics. Since Mother's Day, uh, 11, 11, 11. Mm. Um, oh, there's a list of other ones, but it's mostly like cult horrors. That's what he does. Okay. How come they didn't do an original movie off the skeleton that was like apparently jacking off one last time? Wait, what? What? Yeah, look, look that up. Look oh. up Pompeii. Wait, okay, hold wait, on. hold on. Because you, you just literally yeah. cut that off. To, and now I'm, I'm, I'm so, sorry. Yeah. I, had to, I had to insert that before it, it was lost in, in the conversation. But I want to see at least. I, a, I'm afraid when I'm minute. typing because I'm putting in Pompeii jacking off skeleton, and this I, is going to Google search. I just don't know exactly what we're gonna get. Oh, there you go. Oh. <laughs> right there. Oh, <laughs> homie saw the end and was like, you know what? I'm gonna let one last. <laughs> oh, let's let. Let's make a story. Let's make an original story off of him. Do we can. <laughs> just, oh you God. see the volcano go, and you're like, oh, fuck it. Just fuck it. zip. Rip Start one last beating one. it off right there. Just staring at that volcano while he's going. He's like, do it. Do it, Vesuvius. <laughs> <laughs> Try me. <laughs> My God. You know how I think he could do this? Who? 
you know, I'll put Judd Apatow. Yes, because Judd Apatow, he is a original content maker, and most people don't realize that. You know, Forty Year Old Virgin, Virginia oh, Sarah Marshall, yes. those oh are God. those are yes. original stories. Yes, okay. and a lot of people forget that he works, he writes a lot of his own stuff. That yes. is an original filmmaker yeah. that I do respect. Honestly, I never knew the name of the director for those movies until you just said that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, did, I heard the name, but it never connected. Like, oh, Jed Apatow. Yeah. And he, then it was like, oh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Ooh. Yeah, the whole Seth Rogen, you know, Bill Hader. He is that group. He is that filmmaker for that, you know, comedic group. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So a lot of, most of his works, I don't know if he's worked with, barring, uh, worked with the like, previous, like, made, you know, materials, but. I don't think so. I think. At least most of his filmography is just original content. I like it. Yeah. Um, another one I'll give by because I have like two more. Quinn Tarantino, that's the obvious one. Yes. Ooh. Everything he does, he personally writes. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's never worked with previous material that was already made. He's never rebooted, remade anything. Everything he does is his original work. And I think he is probably right now the example, like the key example of working with specifically original content. He's like, he's big, mainstream original. Yes. Like, it's hard to get those filmmakers who just do everything with, ori- who work with original stories. Like, most filmmakers or directors nowadays, they have to work with a previously, you know, worked on franchise yes. to start getting that name recognition. Well, I think as well, because Tarantino has the power to, you know, when he, when he displays a project, mm-hmm. he shows you the entire world of that project. Mm-hmm. He doesn't just show you a script and calls it, you know, I got this idea, here you go. No, no, he pulls out an entire book saying, you know, Here's an entire world. I want to make a movie about this. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. I mean, like I said, when he did uh, Kill Bill, we only, as an audience, we only saw a small portion of what he created. Mm-hmm. He actually created an entire, you know, backstory to every character. Every, I mean, he is very detailed with his characters to the point like he actually believes these are real people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's the way it should be done, honestly. It really is. It really should. But do studios have the time for that? I mean, he, how many movies has he worked on his entire career? Like, I, 15, thought, I think. I thought he was on eight now. Eight? No, I don't oh, know. I'm think thinking like, hateful. Last time we think we no, checked was 13. 13? Yeah, so like he barely passed a dozen through his whole career span. Most studios are not going to take the time for someone to write something like that. No, but I think some most writers should take that time. They should. Yeah. They absolutely should. Not the studio themselves, but the writers. Mm-hmm. If the writer is freelancing and they're selling their ideas, mm-hmm. they should take the time to write out uh, you know, an entire storyline. Mm-hmm. Not just create a simple man from the Midwest. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. it. Give me a reason why that guy is there in the Midwest to yeah. begin with. And I feel like that's what Quentin Tarantino does. Mm-hmm. He doesn't just give like the droll. No, oh, excuse me. He doesn't give like the droll. Uh, this man is here. He's an outlaw. He's looking to get some money and that's it. Mm-hmm. Like he'll go into like, oh, this man is an outlaw because his mom left him at a young age. Yeah, getting really little, deep in that back. A, yeah. Like some like San Annabelle church mm-hmm. and who was uh who was raised by this nun named Anna Marie. And Anna Marie was like like he'll go into a full depth of this one character's life just so that way this actor can get fully connect exactly where he's at. And I feel like not enough writers do that. Quentin yeah, Tarantino yeah. does that. Hardly any writers I can yeah. think about really do that. I do agree, and he is someone I would put as a poster child as the person you want to follow the example of if you want to write original content. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talked about it's it's not hard. It's really not hard to write original content, but it is hard wanting to be inspired by something and not follow in the exact same footprints that almost makes it feel like exact recreation. Yeah. 
Is there a way for you guys, do you have a special method on how you try to work with original content? I mean, we all wrote in short stories before we all worked on our own like, small projects. Yeah. What's your guys' method on how you would go about writing original content? Do well, you guys take like small scenes? Do you take concepts? Like how do you build off creating an original story? I normally, oh, me, me personally, like for instance, if we, you know, if we, it's, I mean, it's gonna be difficult because it's no longer around. Yeah. But that one skit that we did like almost like eight years ago, the one with the heist skit. Oh, okay. I remember this little heist skit. came out of one yeah. line from a dang cook joke. Yeah. The entire thing. It was just inspired. Because what he, was that joke? Yeah. It was, it was a joke like about, wanted uh, to, about. He wanted to do a B and E. Oh yeah. No, the B. Wasn't no, it the B and E? No. It was a joke. He was talking about every man wants to be part of a heist. Of a movie heist. And it, and it just came into a joke where uh, that the guy's part of the heist screwed up the entire thing because they kept arguing in the car. Mm -hmm. That's where it just stemmed from. Just one little line from a joke. And the other projects that we're currently working on, like the Virus of Life, mm -hmm. based off of, uh, inspired from what, a song. Yeah. Like that. No matter what, if you're writing something, yeah. you should have a theme and a topic you want to discuss that you are either you're knowledgeable about or you're inspired. Yes. And that's the huge job between recreation and inspiration. You take a concept that really means something to you and you don't worry about the full story. You just want that concept to be translated to in your story. Yeah. So if you lost a child and you want to make a movie about losing a child, you're not going to completely readapt the whole story of Clannad after story. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're going to try to get key concept from that story you watch, losing that child and the feeling an emotional adult goes through yeah. and you want to put that into your own story. And yeah. I think that is right there what you need for any type of content. Yeah. But the only problem is that the, a story can be only told so many times, mm -hmm. you know, and it's the problem that is, you know, like I said, you know, the idea of like writing about, you know, the virus of life, about death. Mm -hmm. It's been, death has been written about so many times throughout you know, the film history. Yeah, but it's, it's how you write it. Though. Yeah, like I said, I could, you know, I could write my original way, like mm -hmm. without even looking at any of them. Mm -hmm. And someone probably still taking comparison to, you know, oh, it's similar to this other story. Just because another writer had, you know, an idea of death. That's all but, it is. Yeah, but I mean, you could do that to anything in yes. history. Almost any story that we create, any film, any book that we write has been inspired by something previously in the past. Yep. Whether it was 20 years ago, 100 years ago, or 10,000 years ago. It's, it's literally a long, long game of telephone. And we're just taking bits and pieces of story telling, like, bit, like little bits and pieces of story arc, and we're just rearranging it into our story. Mm. Shit, the biggest one a lot of people will take is um, Homer's Iliad. Yes. You know, the Odyssey, all that stuff. Anything really Greek mythology has been used over and over and that, over again in, like, in today's storytelling. That... Uh, Hamlet mm -hmm. as well. Hamlet's actually a pretty big one. I, I know I didn't realize that so many TV shows actually use that concept. Mm -hmm. A lot of drama shows, mm -hmm. but Hamlet's part of like a big as well. It is. Um, the one I know recently is like Sons of Anarchy. Mm -hmm. That actually follows uh, Hamlet pretty closely. Uh, I've been noticing a lot too. A lot of like stories now are following classic like drama Shakespearean like structures. We talk about Zack Schneider a lot, yes. but even with all his superhero works, there's some kind of Shakespearean feel to them. Like yeah. really dark, drilly. Like you expect some motherfucker with a little ploof coming around <laughs> the neck to come out and say some really fucked up wordy shit that you have no idea, but you know there's some deep meaning behind it. Yeah. And all this bastard did was just bite his thumb at you. <laughs> yeah. It's like watching Roman and Juliet all over again. Mm -hmm. I understand what they're saying, but I'm all for it. Oh man. We talk about how much we want original content. We talk about how much we hate reboots. 
Is there any actual like reboots and remakes you are excited for though? Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. I'm excited for that because I like Mortal Kombat. What am I going to do about it? Yeah. What about you, Mike? Honestly, nothing that comes to mind. Like nothing right now. Nothing that going. Yeah. Nah. Like I, I, I are you are you actually like done? You're sick of like the reboots and remakes. Do you want new stuff or? Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm I'm tired of retelling the same story. You know, like I I want something. I want something fresh. You know? <laughs> it doesn't even necessarily have to be depressing. It doesn't have to be like Oscar bait. Just give me something that's you know a little bit more, a little more meat. You know, a little, a little bit more meat and bones. A little, yeah. You know, more depth to it. Some emotion. Yeah, like, not just punch, punch, shoot, shoot, stab, stab. We save the day. Yeah, give, give me, a, give me some bread choices. You know, I just don't want white or wheat. Like maybe I want, maybe I want rye. You know, put a little bit of mustard on that. I don't know. Just give me something a little bit more, something to make me think. Yeah. You know. See, I, I am getting tired of the reboots and remakes. And I do want original content, but the thing is, I want to see more original content from horror. And horror, I keep saying, is one of the biggest industries right now who are just constantly rehashing old shit. Yeah. yeah. And one thing I, I don't understand is horror is not really that hard to write. You think about what makes you afraid. You take a common core fear that everyone you know is afraid of, and you just try to translate that into a story structure. I think it's, it's more about the audience themselves mm -hmm. and what they find scary. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, if you went back to, like, says, uh, you know, the Blair Witch Project mm -hmm. and original content, there's people out there that, that, that say, uh, that was not scary for at all. That was not scary. But the whole point of scary is just not knowing what's out there. That was the whole point of it. Like, the, earlier, the early 2000s, when we got all those shitty horror remakes, you know, House of Wax, um, House on Haunted Hill, there are so many others. What, was Ghost Ship a remake? Yes. Ghost yeah, even Ghost Ship, like... There are great stories, but you can do so much better by just at least swapping some themes out. Like, you don't have to follow all the same beats. Ghost Ship could have been a whole different movie if they didn't focus on all these spirits having all these past lives and feeling emotional and just trying to trick people. Like, I want some depth. I want real horror. You don't need to explore. Like, every horror film in the early 2000s tried to explain why the horror was happening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm done with that. You just want it happening. That's I want it. it happening, and I want my characters to experience not knowing what I don't know. You want it, so you want the uh, the characters mm -hmm. to experience mm -hmm. and the audience mm -hmm. to experience mystery. I want mystery again in my horror, and I think you can really get that by going into new territory. Like I want something new. I want something refreshing. I want fucking Guillermo del Toro's at the Mountains of Madness. Can I get existential horror now? As long as you're willing to fund his $300 yeah. million dollar practical effects movie, then yeah. <sighs> I think it's, it's fun. It's fundable now, though. I mean, horror films like that can be funded. We saw what happened with Joker. We saw what happened with Deadpool. No, no. I no. Here's the problem is how the audience will react to that. Because we don't know. That's yeah. the problem. There's always has to be, there has to be a pattern like one or two mm -hmm. before the studios go, yeah, okay, we'll fund it. I mean, right after Deadpool, they didn't decide to go, okay, we're going to make yeah. all go full out into it yeah that'd be proven a couple times before like all right maybe it can happen but it can be done now though it, it can, can be, be done, done but it's do studios have faith that's I, the thing i think the studios are still rocky on the decision mm -hmm. yeah i think they've seen the success of those films yeah but are still like well, i don't know i mean maybe these are just kind of like passing trends like these ones just happen to be popular like i said it could, 
like for instance, like the the Conjuring universe. Yeah. Rated R, and the studios might be going, oh, it's because the Conjuring's popular. That's it. That's the reason why these movies sell. Those movies sell because you know they're ghost stories. Everyone's yeah. into the ghost stories. Yeah. No one. Mm-hmm. I feel like everyone's still getting a kick from like the paranormal activity. They want to get that, you know, that stage of fright again. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I never got that. So I wasn't scared, no. and a lot of people who first went into it were actually scared because yeah. you know, let's be honest. You were tricked by demanded in your theaters. Yes. You were tricked by all by those that, commercials and advertisements of yes, people jump scaring, fucking freaking out. The fucking and, night, the night camera yeah. footage, just the. How many people who t- told you they saw that movie and you're like, "Hey, man, I couldn't sleep for like days." Oh, uh, are you yeah. talking the ones where it's like they they show a clip of mm-hmm. the movie, but then it goes yeah. to like night vision of the audience, mm-hmm. and they're all like jumping out of their seats, mm-hmm. like, "Oh, oh, god!" Mm-hmm. Yeah. That. See, I want that level a fear brought back into horror. And you can even take that as an original story on itself. Yes, it uses the same rehashing of we're being haunted by ghosts, but you know what? They did something different yes. and they made it their own story. No matter how shitty and boring it was, and I literally fell asleep during that movie. The Conjuring? No, nah, the- um, Paranormal Activity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, Conjuring, oh, that was a pretty good movie. Yeah, it's it was- just it's, It just hit the beats of, yeah. you know, a standard haunting. I've never seen any of the conjurings. It's yeah. for no, obvious no. reasons. It goes from like original, then just like okay, just re kind of rehash the other ones over and over again. <laughs> to me, it just felt like they were just reused them in the story. Yeah. Basically, the story is similar to like uh, the Call of Duty method. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's basically uh, we have the method, we have our structure. Let's take small elements out and then keep replacing it. Yeah. And then occasionally add in the name mm-hmm. Zakayev because everyone <laughs> likes that name. Can you count as Jurassic World as a reboot? I'm just thinking about that right now. Like, yes. Or because w- we we talk about reboots and remakes, we completely forgot talking about is the concept of soft reboots. It's. I would say it's a f- soft reboot because there are still well, mentionings of past characters and mm-hmm. events. Yeah. No, no. The ca- like, can we? Oh, first of all, let's let's explain what is a soft reboot. A soft reboot is, I would say, it's more. When the continuity is reset, but there are still connections to the previous continuity. The original yeah. story. Yes. Like, like Star Trek. Yes. yes. The new Star Trek. That's the, the new tra- yeah, the, yeah, the new Star Trek series where it's still retelling the original story, but they use that fucking ex machina of, you know, um Spock. Spock. Yeah, Spooter Fock who Spooter Fock. Spooter Fock. Yeah. No, so no. Fock came back <laughs> into the past. Future Spock who came back to the past, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he came back into the past through a wormhole and that is what connected the original actor who played Spock, um, Leonard Nimoy. Yeah. That was like their excuse to like, hey, we're rehashing all the same stories, but we're going to retell them a little bit different because the timeline changed. Yep. Um, X-Men, Days of Future Past. That you can, that is a soft reboot. Or no, not even that. It was fresh, uh, First Class, right? Yeah. yeah. First Class yeah. is yeah. a soft reboot. First Class is a soft reboot from the effects of Days of Future Past, where it's like, hey, we're starting again new. Same stories, but different characters, and things are going to be slightly different. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, then you have the hard reboots. Um, before we get the hard reboot, is soft rebooting something that's been new, or is that something that's been a concept that's went along? I think just Because I feel like recently, yeah, almost yeah. almost like all these like old franchises are trying to bring back. They don't want to go the full route of like trying to reboot it. They're trying to pick up the old story. Yeah, you know, like I said, Jurassic World, I'm iffy about it because all they do is, even though they mention the old park, Mm-hmm. They still have B.D. Wong's character. And they still have mm-hmm. um, 
Jeff Goldblum's character yeah, too. Those, yeah. yeah, that's why I say it would be a soft reboot. Yeah, yeah. So they have their, those characters. Um, Spirals that's coming out for uh, the Saw series. The yeah. Saw series. That, soft reboot. Okay. No, Batman would be considered well. Well, Batman all, that no, would be Batman's a hard reboot. reboot. Yeah, Batman. No, Batman's are hard reboot. That's like that is an example like a hard reboot is like no fuck what happened beforehand. We're starting fresh again. Yeah, like we're not even gonna bother trying to save whatever this was. Yeah. We're gonna start from the very all beginning. the Batman's, all the Spider Man's, all that. I mean, even the Godzilla yeah. films like Godzilla versus King Kong. It's still itself like that's a hard hard reboot for the whole fram- film franchise because they're starting from scratch again. They're not using in the old previous you know Conger Godzilla films. Yeah. Here's another one that's kind of in the middle. Mm-hmm. Mad Max, Fury Road. Yeah, <sighs> that one's that's uh, it's, that's it's technically it's it's tricky because that is a soft reboot. I can say that's a soft reboot. It's a soft reboot because the director said. This could be a story from the original Mad Max, yeah. but no one knows. It's this, like it's vague. It's very yeah. vague. It's not like Candyman, like the new Candyman, where it's obviously they're picking up on the kidnapped baby from the first one. Is now about his story. That's a soft reboot. Yes, you know, bringing back the character of you know Candyman, but they're still continuing the story of what was left off. Here's another one I just thought about right now mm-hmm. that it might not count, maybe, mm-hmm. but. Nightmare on Elm Street's the last one, uh, not the reboot. The one the, where you looked like an alien. A new nightmare? Yes. What's new? A new nightmare. Because I don't know though. That I mean, one is tricky because it's a reboot. Yes. I think you have to. Was was there? Because I think we also have to look at what makes a soft reboot is the intent. Was there intent trying to revitalize the franchise with something new, but using the same previous source material? Because we, we really do have to look at yeah. what was the intent when someone makes a movie. He, I know they try to do a whole new story mm-hmm. based on one character, yeah. which is Freddy. A whole new, I guess. Well, I mean, like Wes Craven likes doing the whole meta thing. Yeah, that's what he liked doing that, that movie went full meta with that. Yeah. So I'm not sure if that's technically a soft reboot or a sequel. That's real tricky. Do you guys like soft reboots or would you rather prefer like a hard, like, no, fuck that. Let's just start all over. I would say, depending on the severity of how how much a movie flopped, mm-hmm. I would say a hard reboot. Okay, but it would depend. Like I would say, for instance, Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. I would need a hard reboot. <laughs> I mean, hard. I think most people were gonna need a hard reboot just to get that nasty palate yeah. out of their mouth, like, that nasty taste. Like I need a double shot of sipping whiskey. <laughs> Not even sipping, like kicking back that double shot of that sipping whiskey, just feeling the burn all the way up to my nasal into the back of my head, mm. just to get rid of the feeling of the Fantastic Four. I don't know. I, I like. I rather get a soft reboot. Yeah, like, like the to one cuddle. I, I like. Like I want to get <laughs> the Punisher. Like soft reboots. Oh uh, uh. wait, wait. Which one though? Are we talking about Thomas Jane? Uh, Netflix 2016. I got all the movies right here. Ah, Warzone? Are you talking about Warzone? Uh, no, not Warzone. No, no. Oh, wait, there's the another Netflix. one? Yeah, there's there's the 1989 uh, uh, Dolph uh, yeah, Lundgren. Double, yeah. Uh, Punisher. There's mm-hmm. a 2004 Punisher. Remember that one? Uh, there's Punisher Warzone. Mm-hmm. Then there's the Punisher Netflix series. Yeah. And not including any animated series on top of that. Or were you talking so about the Punisher one? Netflix series? Yes. Okay. okay. I like a soft How long ago was that? I was 2016. Fuck. Yeah. Okay, that it one, did not feel that long ago. Okay. That's why it confused me. I think that one is getting a soft. No, maybe there are talks. Soft, there, there are talks right there are talks. now. Yeah, I know yeah. that it's been it's been greenlit to continue on. I know Disney is trying to at but, least 
look at how they can possibly integrate all those Netflix characters into yeah. their shows. But yeah, a lot of those are going to either if they if they follow that route, a lot of those are going to either have to be a hard or a soft reboot. But yeah. what's cool is that they're keeping the same actor. Yeah, at yeah. least yeah, yeah, at least they're keeping the same yeah. actor. At least okay, with Daredevil, at least they could squeeze him in there. That character, I know they could just squeeze into the Marvel verse. I love that guy. That guy well, was Punisher, uh, Jessica Jones, the rest of them. I'm not sure they're going to be able to squeeze I'm, into. I'm, uh, I'm just thinking Jones. about this right now. Has there been any reboots using the same character? Like mm. a same main character, but just put him in a new story. Uh, Mad Max. Matt. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, maybe Spock. No, but no, no, he played a character. Would yeah, yeah, be, he plays. Yeah, yeah, huh? Would that count? The uh, future Spock? No, like your main oh, focus. I, I your main you focus, like the main oh. guy who played the actor. Like, say, like if they're gonna redo the whole Die Hard series, let's fucking start all over, and we're gonna get Bruce Willis back. Start Ooh. from the fucking beginning. Has there any been like? Has there been any films like that? I don't think there's been any movies that that. I, I feel like a studio should be ballsy enough to try that. But no studio is ever going to be ballsy enough because it's going to be about will it be good? No, no, there oh. will be a studio. Fast and Furious, Universal. Oh fuck that! Give them about like three, four, five years after you know Fast Ten finishes. I bet you anything they're going to try to reboot it. Bring in the you know. They're gonna bring the rock in there. They're gonna bring everyone back. I fucking hate it already. Vin Diesel, you know I'm they're done. not gonna get rid of Vin Diesel. He is stuck with Fast oh, no. Series. Oh no, he owns. That. I think he owns part of it now. He owns part of that. Yeah, I think he's part of. He's part. He's like the main producer for the last like six films. I think. <laughs> Fuck that. So, oh, man. is there any hard reboots that we do like that came out before we do his closing? Because we talk about the soft reboots. Is there any like hard reboots? That are like yes, this needs this right now. Stephen King's it. I like the hard reboot mm -hmm. from the original series to the the movie that came out. Whoop. See, I'm a little I'm a little half and half on that one. I like. I, I, yeah. Would, me, I like uh, would Matt Reeves Batman count? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like that. You get any Batman superhero film, put a new actor, a new story. That's rebooting. Definitely that one. I'm excited for. Okay, yeah, that one I am very excited for. Yeah, but it's really hard to not go into the superhero genre i know it's, it's really hard because a lot of them is just you know it's almost like comics you just new story rehashing the same shit over and over again just new characters okay they keep drawing me in <laughs> okay here's one that's a good a reboot that i liked yeah that came out a while ago but scarface scarface yeah i, I forget like how much of the older films we grew up with yeah. that were actually remakes and reboots of even older films 1930s scarface uh, that's one of them the 1930s remade in the 80s yeah 80s so uh yeah that's one i like oh man oh I, yeah i forget about that yeah everyone does <laughs> <laughs> everyone forgets that most of the movies in the 80s and 70s yeah there are still yeah we can even say we even grew up in the era of like where it just started becoming the trend with let's just remake everything yeah yeah, yeah we grew up with that and it's definitely continuing on even today oh no it's gonna continue on forever i guarantee it's well, it will slow down slightly, yes. But it'll but always be. It'll always be. It'll always be people around. People like nostalgia. It'll be always a nostalgia thing. Yeah, I can agree with that. Like I said, we, we're getting right now another Dungeons and Dragons. And there was, I know there's a movie out that I know that sucked. Yeah. And they're really riding on the Dungeons and Dragons nostalgia. That's it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I think that's a good point to close off this episode. That was a pretty good discussion we had about everything that's rebooted and remade. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. So I want to thank everyone tonight for listening to our podcast. I'm curious about your thoughts on tonight's topics. 
Is there any remakes and reboots that you love? Are there any you hate? You can leave a comment below if you're watching this on our Next Journey YouTube channel. If not, we'll be putting this on an open forum on our website, www.nextjourneypro.com forward slash redbandpodcast for our listeners to discuss episode topics and various other film-related news. We put out episodes every Friday. Our audio listeners, you can find the Red Pod, you can find the Red Band Podcast on iTunes, Amazon Music, Spotify, and of course our website, which I'll say again, www.nextjourneypro.com forward slash Red Band Podcast. Please like and subscribe. We'll hope to see you next time. Later, y'all. <laughs> again. Yep. <laughs>